Hello, I'm Isabella, and it's season two. This season, I'm doing the things different, or the same, or who knows. But there's bound to be adult content and adult subjects, so watch for the show titles and be prepared for pretty much anything. Welcome. Hello, Zane. Hi. So we're trying this Hello. again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Hi, Dante. How are you? Very nice to see you. I haven't seen you on TikTok lately either. It's very good to see you. I hope you're doing well and that you had a Merry Christmas. How was your holiday thing? It was good. It was good. Despite me being a Grinch. You were a Grinch? I am a Grinch. I'm always a Grinch. I uh, Capitalism has ruined Christmas for me, is how I say it. <laughs> Capitalism has ruined. Don't you enjoy buying gifts for people, though? I do enjoy it. But it's a little much for Christmas time, the way they put so much focus on it. Like, it's all that it's about, you know? Here's these sales. You have to get it now. Doesn't matter how many people get hurt at a Walmart in the Stampede. We're going to do it every year with no safety tools. Oh, <laughs> Zane, this is Esty Sud. Esty Sud, this is Zane. Hello, pleasure to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> we could hear you. I could see you. Yeah. I've heard I've heard some things about you. Oh, can uh, you move your mic closer to your mouth, sir? I'm good today. You sound very far away. Oh, good Lord. It's an old wired set, and I was hoping it would work better than the... This is all my fault. He's going to lose patience in that one. <laughs> Never come back. Never do it again. Yeah. He has a really nice microphone set up, but you know you can't use that. It's it's difficult. It took me a while to figure out how to do mine. But there's you can find some videos on TikTok, I'm sure. I can hear you, sir, but I cannot. Can you get your microphone going? Are you using your microphone now? Zane, are you using microphone now? Yeah, I am indeed. I don't understand why I see you, but it's not working. There he is again. I'm wondering if the internet I is giving... Know. I think, sir, that your internet is giving you issues. My internet is... It might be that. Uh, yeah, it might be the that. internet. Well, this How, isn't... How's that? Is that better? I think my internet might be exploding That's or better. your internet because now That's you're both better. robotic. <laughs> now, robot. now we're both robotic. <laughs> yeah, we're, you're a little robotic and I don't. I spot coffee, nicotine, and sweet. Coffee, nicotine, and what? Sarcasm? Spite. <laughs> Spite. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that the the earbuds and the headphones and that it's so uh, frustrating. Can you hear me, Iso? And do I sound robotic? You do not sound robotic. Do I still sound robotic? I can How hear you, Zane. You do not. No, not anymore. I think your internet was. I think your internet was exploding for a minute. I think it was the internet. Um, I heard you there. Do, can you hear us, Zane? I sound can, test. I check. Check. Okay, so can indeed. you can hear us Good for now. Okay, so Esty, could you introduce yourself? And we will try that. I had Zane introduce himself, but I will let him do it again. Um, oh, wow. So I'm Esty's son. Um, I write a lot of weird shit about a lot of weird shit uh read by a lot of weird people 
read by a lot of <laughs> yeah. So I guess in a word, I'm weird. In a word, you're weird, huh? Right. <laughs> you sometimes, do other things. You do a cranky, lot of things. Sometimes violent. You know, it depends. Sometimes cranky, sometimes violent. <laughs> you know, ask my last computer. Yeah. Yeah, his last computer, um, he was it, it suffered violence. Uh, it was very, it's a very sad story of, of violence and, and horror. <laughs> SD has also written some pieces for, um, oh, I can't remember. I want to say some, you've also written pieces for, who have you written pieces for? Um, Indulgent Desires. Yeah, you just said that. I was I was trying to say the name of my publisher. I've also uh, helped and he uh, worked out storylines for uh, for the ghostwriter for the Johnstones. Which novels? William Johnstone. It's uh, William Johnstone the, novels. And you are, um, it's still kind of hard to hear you. If you could bring your mouth, a mic closer to your mouth. Um, I'm really sorry about the difficulty. We're going to have to. Oh, there. Well, I heard you. (laughs) Um, I I want to actually, we are also on it, but that wouldn't be productive. Well, don't, and it wouldn't be tasty either. (laughs) Hey, Quincy. Um, and Newton Hyde and welcome. Um, uh, you're also working on a novel um, in a vampire world called uh, Games of the Underworld. Yes. 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 One, one of my first, like, um, attempts. One of your first romance attempts. Well, what was the stuff in um, Desire's and don't desire that that was a mixed bag okay you're i just i'm gonna have to get you a new mic <laughs> can, can you hear me yeah now? that's going in the amazon cart yes we can hear you now yeah, you're gonna have to chew on those short stories are, uh, are are the kind that are not fit for public reading. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they're not fit for family reading, but they're fit for public reading. Well, they're, they're private public, public reading. reading. If you, you right. If you don't get too excited, if you're not the excitable type, then you can read <laughs> them in public. I'm sure Zane <laughs> understands what I'm talking about. Yes. Zane also um, has done some a little bit of writing. He's written some of his own audio pieces. Zane, are you going to continue writing? Uh, at some point, probably. I'm just I'm a slow writer when it comes to writing. I, yeah. I so I so my girl speaks very very highly of your your um, voice quality and your voice um, flexibility. It's one of the few things I'm actually proud of about myself, as they say. <laughs> what? Zane, there is a lot about you that you should be proud of. Do you want, I'm do I need to it. go down the list? No, no, no. I'm working on it. It's fine. That's You're working on it, huh? You're I, working I, on it. I spent, I, I get you. I spent a lot of time swinging a hammer and making my hands ugly. <laughs> but you're proud of that work though I'm aren't very you proud of that look that I, I i put blood and sweat into that work and you know making the transition is kind of tough to not doing that anymore but i am still proud of it i have created some very beautiful things so i have i have two men in the studio with me and um there are some men listening as well which is really awesome um i'm gonna just throw this out i saw a question nice. on um they must on, be bored you know yeah you're all bored i'm i'm gonna throw this out to my two <laughs> my two guests um i saw a question on TikTok. a woman was asking everybody says to love yourself how do you do that how do and do men have to have to 
love themselves too because there is a stereotype that men look between oh we I don't know loathe if you saw it. ourselves uh, constantly <laughs> but what about the the men looking in the mirror after the shower and they're all like oh yeah this is all good they've got no self-consciousness about their body image and or their More power their to them. <laughs> who are who are those guys and can they show us how to do that yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a good book i've been two good books i've been listening to one's called alonement which is about oh. spending quality time alone with yourself and enjoying it, not hating yourself. Who is yeah. that by? I do that just because people can't stand me. <laughs> Friend, Francesca. I'll look it up real quick. I'll it's, put it's it. A, would you? It's not English. It's not English. Do you want to put it's it in the chat English. when you're done? Alonement. Alonement. And what's the other book? Da, 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 da. That's not it. Uh, Mind Hacking Happiness. I also don't know the name of that person, but it's something. Verify my email. Mind I can't send messages in your chat. Happiness. Yes. Uh, alone that is by. It's like it's very uncomfortable. Potentially. <laughs> uh, Francesca Spector is the one who wrote Alonement. So. So, um, Francesca Spector wrote Alonement and Mind Hacking Happiness. Alonement, that's that's a interesting title there. Sean Webb is the guy who Sean Webb. Mind Hacking Happiness. Sir, you're going to have to move your mic, and I can't quite hear you. You're cutting in and out. And then that little puppy yeah. in the background who wants to play. I don't know about him. Um, yeah. I wonder who brought him into the house. Mm. Yeah, they're, yeah. Both, uh, <laughs> they're both audiobooks. They're both really good that I've been listening to. Oh, audio. Listen to Alonement. Do so you have? Um, you're going to have to re-listen to it. Do you have Audible, Zane? I do have Audible. And do you like it? Do you feel like you're getting your money's worth on um, listening to time and time to listen to books and everything? Yes, yes. I hate that it supports Amazon, uh, but there's a reason they have a stranglehold on the market. So there is, yeah. Oh, Amazon is evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, and just we are all it's Amazon. Amazon is the Antichrist. And we are all its subjects. So I want to. Uh, so you guys, you don't have any like insight into oh the dog oh, into why free. into into the men who like themselves or why men yes. don't like themselves. Why? Um, well, okay. The stereotype why do men is need to that like themselves. That's my question. Yeah, why do men need to like themselves? So is there no answer loving yourself? Is there not? Is so, it just? It's loving it's a yourself. long. I thought that involved lotion. Okay. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long, long nuanced conversation because there's a lot of, it's not just being human, you grow to not like yourself. It also involves society, the people around you, yeah. the media that you consume, yeah. right? Like Ryan Reynolds, no, right? There's a thousand images that are like Ryan Reynolds, perfectly chiseled, eight pack abs, the perfect right. jawline, all those things that you see on all the billboards and magazines. Hey. And but Ryan Reynolds is a huge goof. Too. Yes, right. And I'm sure it took him a while to be comfortable with himself, right? Because he didn't always look like that. He didn't always have the ripped eight pack abs or any of that. No, He's... but he also has a dorky right. face. He has a really right. long face if you look at him, and that. Uh, you know that um he's not Sounds like someone's getting caught up on looks Gosh. no no yeah. but that's what i'm saying <laughs> in high school you know he was kind of nerdy he was lanky yeah. he went through all that stuff when it's the hardest to be the most unattractive you know seriously though it's, it's a societal thing like zane said it's 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 about conditioning and and mm -hmm. feeling like you're always striving to be something that's what you see yeah. Alonement has a, it has a great saying in it where it has society always has these great ideals of what you should go for or all these things and like going out alone in public generally most people think it's frowned upon but it's like why is that the societal norm when just being yourself should be enough that should be what society teaches those kind right. of things yeah what Which can parents do what should SD what should parents important. 
Well, that that brings to question, what can parents do? What can other men do to encourage being comfortable in your skin? That's a complicated question. I know. It well, let SD answer, Zane. How much time do we have? It's about, it's about um, you know, it's about developing those inner character traits versus uh, in your in your sons versus um, versus what they what their hair color is or what kind of clothes they wear or um, or what they do for a living. Inner character traits that aren't based on image. What they do for a living, though, I know that um, it is very common for. Um, for and it's not just men but that for people to um to come down to limit themselves to value themselves by what they produce by their productivity oh that's i know women do absolutely that's a that's across the board i mean when you're growing up and you're you're getting into your later teen years everybody expects you to start picking a direction Yes. Like, Quincy says, find out where you're at, what you're going to do for a living, how you're going to, you know, how, what your life is going to be like. And it's, it's, um, it's something that's been there for geez, longer than, than written word, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, Quincy the, says uh, men are in, oh, sorry, old sorry. apprenticeships and everything, you know, mm -hmm. where men would literally take their sons and give them to somebody else when they were, when they were, you know, 11, 12 years old and say, here, teach them how to make a living. Hex, you are not going to be able to chew on that while I'm talking. It will be very noisy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quincy says men are encouraged to be purpose driven. Our worth is in our accomplishments and without purpose and service, we are encouraged to feel worthless. Plus, focusing uh, on physical characteristics is seen either as incredibly vain or an escape from other issues. Um, yeah, the point there is absolutely. they are encouraged to feel worthless if you don't have a purpose in service. Yeah. Do you all feel men, that? Uh, oh, for sure. Oh, That's absolutely. how society men. Yeah, men have been trained and raised in a way like even my dad does it and his been able to do it for years, but when he retires, he might have a, he'll have some difficulties, I know for sure. But if you, you as a man are supposed to provide physically for the people you care about, home, money, safety, exactly those kinds of Absolutely. things. And then women provide, are supposed to provide, you know, their body, their emotional support, those kind of things. And we're trained in these different, very linear ways that are not healthy in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it's just, it's what we've been raised to. And, Society, thankfully, is and it's, finally starting to realize we can not do that. So it's been hammered. So trying to transition, if you're a man and you're trying to transition from that to some other form of of providing, um, like the emotional support, the um, the the, um, the mental and emotional stability and that kind of thing a lot of men find that very hard to make that transition because it's just been hammered home for so long that they're supposed to be the ones going out and providing the physical things that their loved ones need yeah and so then you have that transition and you can no longer do that so how do you find the value that you have been trained uh, your entire life to find? Uh, it's, it's ridiculously um, difficult. It's like, it, it's even hard to, to, um, to change the way you think to even comprehend how to do it done. Um, so I write, you know, I write fantasy fiction and I always say that I write women <laughs> fantasy romance i write women i i write men and women the way women <laughs> want men to be and the way the women want themselves to be 
I write to market. So I'm not writing a true to life drama. I'm writing a um, rom fairy tale romance, which always ends in a happily ever after. And, and the men in my, not, I'm focusing more on the heroine anyways. I don't tend to focus a lot on the massive character development of the um, men. And the somebody complained about that. And I got that once in a review. Them. There was no character development. But let me just say in the romance genre itself, there is not a lot of realistic character development. There is more admitting they are wrong. And that that seems to be the character development that a lot of readers are satisfied with. And uh, I've not yet tackled a man. I, I'm writing now, you know, a redemption story where he's got to do more, not just admit that he did wrong in his youth, but why and and um, how and and then change and grow and decide where he who he wants to be. And um, it's it's. It's difficult. <laughs> when in doubt, which is down with the patriarchy. <laughs> no, not down with the patriarchy. That's just the thing. I don't want to do that necessarily. I know. Not in writing. I mean, in real life, down with the patriarchy. SD, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Oh, you're breaking up. Oh, good Lord. For those who don't know, by the way, if I sound like a socialist, it's because I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We couldn't hear you. Could you say that again? Oh, you have dropped out of the call. He has dropped out of the It's full robot. Full Mr. Roboto. You have gone to robot. I don't know why the internet is so bad. Might have to disconnect and reconnect. That is the problem with the web. But uh, oh, what was I saying? A great example of a of a, a male portrayal of a character that doesn't have toxic masculinity and the things that we've been raised with. Uh, Aragon from Lord of the Rings, excellent portrayal. Right, has is like this kind of aloof in the beginning, but he grow, he grows to show himself. He's ca he's caring, compassionate. He tries to do the right thing no matter what, and he will sacrifice whatever it takes to help the people he cares about. And then even in the end, when he's like the king of like all the, the human worlds, he still like kneels down to the level of the halflings and is like, no, we did this. You don't have to bow to anyone because you're enough as it is. No one should have to bow. Those kind of things. Excellent character. There's a, a YouTube channel called Cinema Therapy. I really like them. They go over Lord of the Rings and how Aragon is in fact the opposite of toxic masculinity. It's a really good episode. He's joined the room. Has he come back again? Is he calling it? Okay. I was He's joined. Down at he'll my have phone. to I think he'll have to click on one of the icons. I have in invited icons. him back. Let's try Here. this again. Ah, I oh, hear much you. Better. <laughs> nice. So Maybe I'm that here is now. You're here now. Hi. So um, I would love to hear your input. I'm sorry, we didn't mean to talk over you, but we really couldn't you uh, faded out to past robot. Past robot. Okay, so where were we at? Oh, you, you were talking about uh, the writing of, um, of the male characters in your novels. Yes, and then Zane was giving me some good examples, which um, a good were example. Tolkien esque example. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll let you talk, SD, while I deal with the noisy pet at my feet. Uh -huh. <sighs> best examples of that non-toxic masculinity no can you hear me i can hear you mostly you're kind of robotic but not as bad as before i can also hear iso since she didn't mute herself <laughs> you can hear her dealing with the dog the dog is insane you know somebody fed him crack dogs if you're gone for two seconds they think the world is ending you know Oh, th this one, uh, if he wants you to play with him, he will literally climb your back, hop back, press. So he, he drank too much coffee and smoked too much crap. Hello. 
Are we here? Okay, sorry. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. You're popping in and out a little bit, but I was also hopped out to deal with the dog. The internet's, the internet's struggling. The internet is it's struggling the internet today. Is being, uh, you know, it's giving me the poops, dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I missed what you said. I'm sure it was awesome. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I bet everybody else missed it too. And I could not repeat it if I tried. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> if you want to join, I, believe, your I heard the word Aragon. That was actually who I mentioned as well. Excellent <laughs> as positive masculinity. I should read I those mean, books one day. I could, I could, uh, I, I don't know. You know, the, yeah. the arc of, um, there is, without being a man, there's really no way to write it true. Um, and uh, I'm not saying copy like Aragon, you know. No, I know. Yeah. But there are, in general, as a woman, there are that thing about that I was saying about body image where the guy gets out of the shower and no matter what he looks like, he's all proud. That is a social stereotype that I just, uh, that between women i think we ram home and we make fun of and it's like one of those other things that we tend to some of the male experience that women will make fun of and they don't realize what they're doing because it has become part of the vernacular part of the behavior and well, there are um, lots of similarities to what women do you know internally and what men do internally that yeah. women can express externally but men cannot this is true. This is true. Good old patriarchy. That's why I say down it's with patriarchy. Not the pa you say down with the patriarchy, but I blame a lot of this on the matriarchy. There is you cannot blame it all on men on men or men male leadership or male mythos or or it's very all of much that. Both. Really? It is yes. very much both. Yeah, it is it is the reason it, people you, say down with the patriarchy though is because the patriarchy is currently the ruling power as far as like the genders are concerned. Men Possibly, majority have the power in the world and they have their own restrictions. Which do you I've really think that? Before. Do you really think yes. that? Say, do you, you really I, think If that? you're asking me if I'm anti-government, yes. No, I'm not, I'm not asking you. So. If, I, mean, I mean, in the home, in most homes that I have experienced as a caregiver who walks into homes, you know who runs the home? It is not the man who has gone all day. And it is yeah. not, even if the woman has gone all day, it is not the man who has gone all day. That is not who and is running know, the uh, home. Yeah. But that is all, that's still part of the patriarchy though. Cause that's also still like, there's a, how many men have you heard say happy wife, happy life? Yeah, a lot actually. <laughs> right? And that idea is enforced partially by the patriarchy. You always say yes to the wife. You do what she wants. You make sure she's happy. There's no, there's no back and forth. There's no discussion of boundaries. There's no give and take about, yeah. all right, I'll do this to help make my partner happy, but they should also do something to have it be an equal partnership. When you put but someone up on a pedestal, you're now that below a, them. That okay, is a so, big, yeah. Dif that is a big difference between like your average everyday relationship and, and a lot yeah. of the lifestyle relationships in, in that department because it's a it's a consent thing and it's a consent to to hold to a specific place in the relationship for each partner and clearly defines all of those aspects yeah yeah and a lot, of, and a lot of and a lot of normal society quote unquote um, relationships don't have those the, those definitions are blurred or yeah. people don't think to talk about them it right. it really it doesn't matter what you choose but you if you don't talk about the roles you're going to have then yep. there's Which, massive amounts of confusion yeah and that ties back to something i always say humans are the only species that has to be taught everything even common sense common sense we have to be taught we have to learn we have to adjust which is yes. which is why i say down with the patriarchy down with the government those kind of things which yes i understand i've had discussions with people about like women who say men have been the worst in history 
But if you look back at history at women who have also been in control, they've done equally terrible things. They just haven't had as many opportunities to do it. Yes. And not saying that there haven't been horrible things, more horrible things done by men. 100% true. Men have oppressed women for a very long time. Part of that's starting to flip a little bit. But that's when it flips, then we go back to eventually try and find a balance. And right now, the government, the patriarchy, society, teachers, culture, all of it together enforces these ideas and doesn't teach us what we should be doing as a way to move forward. They don't teach us about talking about boundaries, what it's like to have a healthy sense of self. Uh, even things like parents and their child. For the longest time, and people are starting to talk about things about how children are people, right? They're, they're tiny people. So whenever you are just the dictator in the relationship, whereas you're not friends, you're dad or your mom, and what you say goes, no matter what, doesn't matter if they like it or not, doesn't matter if anything about that, they listen to you no matter what. That's not healthy for a kid because they grow up learning what they want doesn't matter. And then that bleeds over into all sorts of things. And we're not taught how to deal with any of that, which my childhood was great. I love my parents. But I still have trauma from that because it's just the way I was raised. There's things that I'm learning now about the world and myself, and I love them to death. But there is definite trauma from the way I was raised that they didn't even know they were doing. What do you think, Esty? I, I used a more, uh, a more, I guess you could say, um, technically oriented, uh, factual oriented approach to raising my sons. And... Uh, and so it was a lot for me. It was my my grandfather said something that really struck home when I was uh, when I was coming of age, and he said, "You know, you have children, but you raise adults." Yeah, and that and that really struck home. So I I, I, I let them be who they were going to be, and 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 find their own way, their own self. And at the same time, I had to temper that with, okay, look, this is the way things should be, and that's great. But I have to show you how things are, because you have to yeah. operate in that. Yeah. When you, when, when you leave home, you're not always going to be at home. I'm not always going to be there. You're going to have to yeah. go out and, and do and find your own way, and you're going to have to do it within the system that exists, because that's what's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So, SD, if you want to move your mic closer to your phone. In. That's yeah. why it's so hard yeah. trying to adjust. It, it is hard. And, and you know, I sit back and I'm like, oh, my God, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. But, you know, you do the best you can and, and you, you have to trust them to, uh, to take care of the rest. Yeah. Um, Quincy says, happy wife, happy life. With respect, the reason it's enforced is because social. Which I can't comment practicality yeah, like, yeah. demands on uh, de now think Shh. happy wife happy life with respect the reason it's enforced is because social social practicality demanded on many levels bonnie has stood by clyde through many awful things she isn't the damsel in distress in many ways she's been the accomplice if there's a patriarchy it's been supported by a quiet matriarchy i don't disagree um I don't disagree at all. I think I was, that I was going to try and comment, but I have to verify my email to make comments. But yeah, yes, 100%. when are you? It's, when are you? That's why do I that? say society. Right? <laughs> I, I yeah. have no idea how. It's it is both parts. There's major influences on sides, but it's it's a societal issue. It's not just one particular side, which is why I would say society has it adjusts and then usually overcompensates before trying to find a balance, and then it moves on to the next issue. And then the next issue, and that repeats until eventually humanity either explodes or finds the right balance for everyone else, which will not be in our lifetimes. Yes. The inevitable heat death of the universe. <laughs> I am, I am absolutely anti-social. <laughs> You're anti-social or anti-socialism? <laughs> I'm anti-social. You're anti-social. I hate everybody. You just hate everybody equally. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm non-prejudicial. <laughs> You're an equal opportunity yes. hater. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think uh, I don't. If I could I, be the Grinch, that would be perfect. 
<laughs> oh, I wish I could be the Grinch some days. Not the makeup though. I recently saw a thing. Never mind. That's a tangent. Um, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say um, that uh, when my son took women's studies, he said basically what he got from it was that people aren't teaching how to be a good human being anymore how to be a kind how to be respectful how to give and i recently saw this thing i told you about it uh sd uh about um this teacher who was saying you know she was teaching 17 year olds in california and 18 year olds in high school and she was saying you know they'll respect your pronouns but they have no respect for you as a person and how one of them she told him to put away her put his way his phone and he's like uh you know i'm gonna come to your house and kill you and um she was joking but i imagine in the part of la she was in that that was probably true i've met some of these young people so zane i want to you are closer to that generation but you are also a different things have been so defined by covid by just recent events in the last 10 years what do you say about the generation do you think that those 17 and 18 year olds have any self-respect or respect for other people they are more about the outward um um ideas that's that's an interesting question because i've looked into that a little bit because gen x is kind of crazy you know nuts <laughs> which i mean i i'm or is it gen z gen z is kind it's of crazy. gen z gen x is yeah, yeah, we're yeah. the one we're the latchkey kids yeah. gen z is this next yeah, yeah. generation that is the covid generation yeah. so, and they just are kind of nuts yeah it's and i can tell you why because i saw an excellent breakdown of why it's from like gen x and the baby boomers right if there's a lot of different things that have caused it but society has advanced in a way that is so unbalanced towards the younger generations, which I'm still technically a part of, right? Because how much is it to buy a house right now as opposed to even just 10 years ago? It depends where right. you are, but... <laughs> Correct, but now in the, the easiest comparison that I can always say that makes it in one sentence, one sentence easy for everyone to understand, the minimum wage of the Great Depression, if it was translated to today with the exact same money equivalent, our minimum wage makes less. But our costs have gone up 30, 50, 100 times on everything else, right? I can remember when gas was 75 cents a gallon, and now it's almost $4, but the pay is the exact same from that time. I can remember when it was less than 50 cents a gallon, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, I vaguely remember some of that. So but but that's, what that's does that the have to do example. with their attitudes? Because these are kids so, who are still living at home on their parents' dime. Yeah, are... it's part of that is because they see that they can't really afford anything else. They see the like the Gen X and the baby boomers, the people in government and power who have all these different things set up that mean they don't have to worry about the same problems, right? People who own multiple houses have good retirement, all these different benefits for the older generation that has been secured, which there's there's some uh, someone on TikTok I saw it. They it was someone from that generation who has all those things themselves and they were like, "Yeah, my generation royally fucked everything else after us because they wanted to secure all of this power and money for themselves. So I the millennials disagree. started to- I don't to... think they're thinking that far ahead, Zane. I you don't think, think a 17-year-old is thinking about where well, I'm going to live consciously. or- Yeah, not consciously, but subconsciously. they People absorb information nonstop and it just, we absorb it, right? There's a reason, like when people are angry, like an entire generation starts to get angry, there's usually a reason for it. Gen Z, whether they know it or not, and there's a lot of them that actually are fully aware of all these things that have compounded to royally screw them over coming up. They're just angry about it. They are so just all these older generations that have all these ideas and things and like this is what you should do. Why are you doing these things, right? Why did why was there the Tide Pod challenge? Yeah, why was there the Tide Pod challenge and the cinnamon it was an challenge act and against all of... authority, right? I mean, the cinnamon challenge was more acceptable because it wasn't killing people for the most part. Hi, Pops. But it, some people. It yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right. the water drinking challenge, which is also can be deadly. And the yes. beer drinking, drinking challenge. And the, but the, the idea behind all of these things is they're acting out, they're being aggressive because they don't see a point in trying to not do it, right? Why try and go forward into a stacked system that's so against them when they can just try and do things to live in the moment now, to experience life before they get royally fucked by what happens next. Because um, we're, we're, 
Gen X can personally relate to that particular yeah. um, mind frame because we we invented a lot of things that would absolutely kill you. One misstep <laughs> yeah. and you were done. And and if it was dangerous, if it could hurt you, if it was if it was against the rules, if it was frowned upon by society, that's we were all about that. All about doing that and acting that yeah. out. And so Feeling Gen alive. Z just just has it's to come amplified, basically. It's, it's been amplified for them alive. because, yeah, it's been amplified because there's a lot they're going to have to deal with after the next step. Right. But when the older people in government and things start going down and certain systems we have start collapsing, like we're about to go into another uh, housing collapse. Yeah. Right. That's but you OK, happen, which you I just are, bought a house. So that's you are looking for me, at but, you know. it in a really broad sense of yes. economic matter. You are not looking Economics at it how society. these 17 year olds and 18 year olds have been raised on digital yep. media. And it has been handed to them since they were three years old and could sit in front of a, a screen. Some of them. Yeah. You are not many of them, many of them. You can see the differences in the classrooms between now and just 15 years ago. Oh, for sure. The kids Society cannot. Society not ready for the technology. The kids could not sit in circle. Ten years ago, they circle time was a thing. They they understood how to time. listen and how to hear. Yeah, but it was also, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe longer. But, you know, when I was a kid, circle time, what you had like 15 minute blocks of circle times. Yeah. Kindergartners these days cannot stand. They have to be taught how to sit in increments of five minutes. And um, that has been true for the last 10 years. And it is a direct result of digital the digital age media yeah. and that has had a brain effect. You're looking at economics. Oh, yeah. That in uh, an ADHD book I read recently, there's a secondary condition they've identified, and I I don't remember the name of it, but it's similar to ADHD. It's essentially there's a lot of symptoms that overlap, but it's people their brains have been rewired in different ways. Yes. Uh, because Some, of technology, there's you have all things, these things at your fingertips, yeah. and your brain adjusts yeah. to that society as a whole the world really we weren't ready for the jump in technology 25 years ago when the internet was invented however long ago that was when the internet was first made and suddenly you could talk to someone across the world and then they made it hand-sized where you can look up anything in an instant yeah. constant anything that you want is at our fingertips we're not ready for that no, which we're, we're about not. to have another and step forward back, in uh technology because ai has oh, the sure. drawback of that was yeah. was the fact is is the fact that many many of our of our up and coming youth that are going to be in charge of this world one day have lost the ability to independently contemplate information. Yeah, there is they that's which I think that's out. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's because we're not taught anymore. All right. My dad had a, a perfect, my dad was taught life skills. And then what I learned in school was very different. And then what my niece is learning in school, I can't even comprehend half of it because it's just so different. And it's, I'm like, these aren't life skills. These, this is, this is how to pass a test. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is an, which is an educational thing, which ties back into how society progresses. You know, they're, they're taught how to give an answer without knowing why or without being able to contemplate why that is the answer. So I brought up this subject because it comes into, you know, the good human being part, the, the, how do you love Quincy. yourself and where does that all come to? And I'm, I'll, I'll read Quincy's um, thoughts then too, because Gen Xers across the board, um, it, no matter how much confidence they act with, they do not love themselves. They do not, they're, they do not, they are often uh, say I'm dead inside and they lack empathy and um, for anybody outside of their circles um, and beyond. And they're, they are willing to make quick permanent judgment calls at the same time as doing things on digital that will last forever um, without having the understanding that people make mistakes. They, it's, it's, it's a generation. I'm, I, we, every generation before it was about the next generation, right? So I, that's just a stereotype too. But Quincy says, Gen Xers are almost inherently nihilistic. And we raised kids during the digital boom, all of the angst with almost none of the restraint. The puppy is knocking at my door. Um, um, That's very so, 
That's very yeah, true. It's, it is Which ties true. back into, like, when I said, like, humanity wasn't ready. Like, we had this technology bump, but people weren't ready to teach about how to use it because we didn't know how it worked. So then we... I've always now we're, heard... we're learning far after uh, a lot of us were already, a lot of us were already involved in very active very full lives when this technology was introduced and so we did not necessarily have we weren't necessarily given the time to get used to it or to yep. learn about it or to or to research it yeah it was just there handed to us it was like okay start using this and we're like and then and then overnight transferred the to our children yes. It's an so okay. So back to the original question, then. Hey, hush. How do you love yourself? And how, if you can't love yourself, how can you teach someone else to love themselves? How well, because you, I, before you can love yourself, first you have to understand why you don't. Yeah. And you Which have is, to you have to look at that in a very stark, very um, blatant light. You without. Yeah. Um, you have to take off the rose-colored glasses when you look in the mirror, and you have to see what's there, and you have to then you have to figure out why it's there. Yeah. Or for like a, I had depression for a very, I mean I say did I still have depression, but it's nowhere near as bad. When you're in like such a dark place, it's hard. You like you know that you hate yourself, and you can identify these things, but because you're so down in that darkness that it just keeps spiraling, you can't identify it specifically. And then you can't identify what to do about it without help, that's, which is the biggest is thing. That's you yourself doing it is almost impossible for the most thing. people. Unless you're Men raised in a very specific way. Men that's don't... part of the problem. Yeah. But that's that why, like, it's a lot easier for someone to, like, those books I found, right? It's a lot yeah. easier for me to go find these books, start reading about them, get more comfortable with these ideas or listening to them, like Mind Hacking Happiness, Alonement, ADHD Self-Help, different kinds of therapy books, like... Uh, the body remembers is about how your body remembers trauma and physically responds to it. Yeah. Excellent books that have helped open my mind up to the idea of getting therapy. Trauma. Just a minute, Bing. Yeah. Or SD, body can you move all. the mic um, closer to your mouth yeah. again? Yeah, I'm your, sorry. your body also remember, remembers emotional and, and, and mental trauma. It can, yeah. that, that depressive state can actually be a physical addiction. Which is, I think it's talked about in The Body Remembers. They talk about all sorts of, all the different trauma responses they've learned and studied about over how, who knows how many years. About even, like like I said, like I have trauma from a pretty great childhood comparatively, right? There's still trauma I, there. And my body will I, I always was, remember I that. I was unlucky and lucky at the same time. Yeah. My, my life literally started out with me dying. And, and I continued to do so several times over the next 13 to, to 14 years and so and, and i was left alone to do that there was nobody held my hand my 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 parents were kind of persona non grata they were involved in their own little world of, of strife but what it taught me was how to i had to learn how to take care of myself inside yeah. and out Which is, Which is a very Gen X thing. Yeah, it, it is very much a Gen X thing. Yeah, that actually reminds me of uh, to tie back a little bit why Gen Z is kind of crazy, because millennials, <coughs> which I don't like the uh, the generational terms honestly, because it's it's a way terms like that labels help separate people. So I'm not a they big do. fan of it. Yeah, but my generation. Right. There's my parents and stuff. They were dealing with their own stuff, which looking back now, I can see that and I can understand that they were dealing with their own things. Like my dad, for who knows how many years, worked 600 to 800 hours worth of overtime every year, consistently driving over an hour to get to work and then come back. So he had to deal with all that while still trying to show up for our like events as kids. And then my mom's going to school, trying to do all these things at the same time. They're dealing with their own stuff. So they're not as much there for us as they, they could be. And this, there's a lot of people like that, whether it be right. just because they're busy or they're just not great parents or they're just not emotionally available. So those skills weren't passed down to my generation either. And there's even less from us to hand down to right. the next. Right. Because we're not taught how to parent. We're not taught how to teach our kids these skills that we've learned over time, which is why I think there should be a class for teaching you how to be a parent. 
yeah the, it's, it's a it's a giant snowball and and it yeah. just picks up speed as it rolls downhill and you know with unless somebody stops it you know it's gonna it's just gonna keep going yeah that uh it was a, it was a it's, it stops with me that thing that's been going around mm-hmm. that's not yeah. easy to do that's no. a tough thing and we're not taught it and that's why that's yeah, why i think it, for the most part 95 to 99 percent of the population won't be able to get to that point where they can love themselves on their own you have to find outside sources, whether it be books like I've been listening to and reading, therapy, finding the right people right. to be in your life to help you get to that point. Those kinds so, of things. So, SD, I know that um, uh, I know personally that you've been going yeah. through some stuff and some of that. Um, yeah, uh, sure. huh, Quincy says dysfunctional populations are good for business. This is not true. Um, that is a true uh, thing. I mean, <laughs> that is not untrue. Um, SD, right. I wanted to ask you about you know, that self honesty, that self, um, I don't know if it's okay. I know people who are not self honest and I know, um, there are areas in my self honesty. Um, I don't have a lot of fears. I'm probably most afraid of what I see in the mirror, what is, or what is underneath the skin. So what is when I know that you have had some experience, um, with, um, self-honesty, what is the, what is the road to self-honesty? What is the path? How do you get out of the place, get out of the the ditch and get to a place where you can be self-honest? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to be okay with being afraid of what you'll see. People, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a, it's a multinational, it's a world thing. People are afraid of being afraid. Yeah. And so you have to be okay with being afraid to look. And then look anyways. And, and look anyways, that's it. The, the first, the first step is looking. It's okay. If what you see disturbs you, it's okay. If what you see makes you, you know, makes you want to stop looking or makes you want to break down and, and cry or, or throw a fit or whatever, because it's about you. It's about, it's not about what everybody else sees. It's what, it's not about what everybody else is involved in. It's about you and you being alone with yourself and looking and saying, you know, it's okay not to like this. It's okay to be afraid of this. It's okay to, to be emotional about this. It's okay to break down about this because if you're not okay with that, you're never going to, you're never going to look. So then you look and then what do you, you know, you can get lost in that looking. That's an also a place can. where you stick, it's a, it's where a you look, get stuck. A, it can be a black hole that will suck the life right out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't it have can. to be. It, it can't. But the thing is, you're still alive. Yeah. Quincy says can, facts and learn that discomfort is not fatal. Exactly. Exactly. Quincy's a, a smart person, by the way. <laughs> he is a very smart man. It's a fact, Quincy. You are a smart person. <laughs> so it's, yeah. And, and it's about breaking it down into small pieces. You can't fix everything all at once. Because you still have to live life. You still have to go out there. You still have to function. So you find... You start with the smallest thing you can find. And that's what you work on. You either change and it you, or you accept it. Exactly. And then you just move on. Once, once you're finished with it, you have to cut it loose. Once you've made that decision and either fixed it or, or accepted it, you, you, have to, you have to turn your back on it. I met uh, somebody once who, um, within the lifestyle, who uh, um, he had made peace with, he called it his dark side. And he, in talking with him um, on a, in an interview, he was probably one of the most at self, at peace with himself people I had ever met because he had, he had said he had made peace and accepted and embraced both 
his positive side and his dark side. And um, everybody has them. Yeah. And the, the concept that the, the people with the most um, struggle is when they ignore, when they deny, when they um, try to defeat, when they, when they, uh, when they don't face that dark side and either accept it or change it. Cause I think we all have that. We all have the positive, negative, the selfish, the giving, the the hardest things that I ever had to do. When yeah. I was doing that whole self-examination, and, and I, as I still do it, it's still one of the hardest things to do, is to understand that everything you do affects somebody else other than yourself. And when, that, when you do that, you could cause injury or harm to someone else and never know that you've done so. And so that was that one thought was what caused me to to stop whining about looking at myself and examining myself and changing things. Because if you're any kind of person at all, you don't want to harm other people unwillingly. Yeah. The in uh, inadvertent. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Zane? I said that's the only reason I'm still here. That I never, as dark as it got for me, some days that was the one thought I always kept in my head that prevented me from thinking about taking care of it myself. Was there are people that care about me still, and if they care about me, I can't hurt them like that. Yeah, sometimes it's the only lifeline you there have. You go. And it's the lie of our brains when we think nobody cares about us. If we, uh, um, I just can't believe, I always believe somebody, everybody has some kind of value. Um, I'm going to. It's always paying attention to you. Yeah, Whether somewhere. Whether they you they are or not, someone's always paying attention to you because you're alive and you're in the world and you're around people. And they will notice, always, you know. They will yeah. notice. Um, I'm going to, we've been on an hour and I'm going to get ready to wrap this up because I know you have things to do, SD and, and, um, Zane, you had things to, I just want to thank you guys both for coming on and I want to just close this up. So we talked about, we talked about a lot of wonderful, incredible things, but, um, the issue of self-love for men and women, I don't think you can get around that issue. I think it's the same self-examination, either accepting who you are or changing who you are and to not try to be what society, what the media, what anybody else, your parent, it doesn't really matter. You've got to stop trying to be what somebody else wants you to be. It's it's all about what you're comfortable with. You have to be comfortable in your own skin if you want other people to be comfortable around you. Yes. Comfortable in your own skin. If you, well, I mean, there are some people who are really comfortable in their own skin, but you know, um, <laughs> they still make people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a quote. It's an, yeah, yeah. That's a whole different subject. There's an excellent quote from Pirates of the Caribbean. You can live forever, but can you live with yourself forever? That's it. Yeah, no. I- <laughs> to get to that point somehow, in some way, with help or on your own, where you can start to accept yourself. That that's why I like alonement and mind hacking happiness. I'm really big fans of those. Alonement, it says the one person that will always be there for you through thick and thin, whether you want them to be or not, is you. You will mm-hmm. always be there until the yeah, very true. bitter end, and then who knows what happens next. Just in general, you you're trapped with yourself, there. so you might as well make peace. <laughs> More or less, it does, and it it has. I alonement. I think everyone in the world should listen to. I Except hold for monks, conversations with all myself. <laughs> all exactly. yourself. And then, which that actually leads to an interesting point about mind hacking happiness. It mentions this idea that who we think we are is this consciousness that's been made by our mind because it needs something to protect in the world. It needs a self, an ego in order to interact with the world. And it has a lot of different interesting concepts about these. There's more than one consciousness in your head. Like if you cover both of your eyes and look at something with each eye individually, 
one of you can think back one side of your brain will not remember what it saw because that it didn't exist <laughs> it's a lot of interesting true. things it's more true with the crowd than you know <laughs> correct and thank you too quincy for being here thank you dante it was a good show Zane, you need to you need to post those links for those books. Yeah, can you post I'll them on to, Twitter? Find I them on Amazon. The, I can and, post them on Twitter. Yeah, and I'll add them to the show notes because they sound like really good books. Good, good books for you know genderless books that would be good for male and female. So, and um, that's great to know because a lot of self help good enough books that I ordered physical are, copies seem to be driven. You know, female we, we driven. We all suffer the same condition. Life. yes yeah yeah and that's universal um right. we all suffer the same and it is a, a yeah. universal question how to love yourself and i think um it uh maybe being being able to fearlessly ask and answer that and look in the mirror is you are is genderless. So robotic isa am i robotic um anyways i'm hopping off i am i'm closing the show that I'll was my close out, out. Later. Yeah. <laughs> so share those links, Zane, and thank you. And I hope you guys could hear SD. We're going to work on the sound on our end. And uh, um, I appreciate you. I, I enjoyed being there. You. Oh, I am very glad you, you, you it suffered through. It was nice through. to meet you too, Zane. <laughs> I hope the house thing keeps going well. I don't know where it's he went. It's a pleasure to meet you, even if just virtually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hasn't Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm going to do the music. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining um, Isabel and Wright's stories, my stories. I, uh, but I'm still interviewing, talking, having great discussions. I think these play a really awesome part in any writer's tool bag perspective, understanding why the human experience helps us um, understand. Understanding our own human experience will help us write a better human experience even if you're writing fantasy i appreciate you guys and have a great day and a happy new year <laughs>